The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Birch, co-pastor of Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and you are listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. Well, uh, Avengers Endgame started yesterday, I guess. Don't worry, no spoilers. I'll give you some thoughts at the beginning of the show why I've had enough with the superhero genre. Don't hate me, but love me (laughs) if you're with me. Also, I'm going to talk about why did Jesus need to die for our sins? Was it just because bad people killed a good Messiah? Or was the cross necessary to rescue us on today's show? So glad you could join me for today's show. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am Pastor Doug Bursch. So glad, really, we could spend this time together. I enjoy it. Hope you do as well. Uh, we do the show on the radio on Fridays, and sometimes I do a Wednesday podcast. Sometimes I don't. Like this week, I didn't. I was on vacation. We went to Seaside, Oregon. Uh, I like going to Seaside, Oregon. Uh, One thing about those seaside coastal towns is uh, every shop seems to be full of the same stuff. Well, not not every shop, but goodness sakes. I mean, sometimes you go into those shops and they just have everything. Just, I don't know if there's this catalog just called inventory, but it's just, yeah, let's just put everything in here. Let's just just throw it all in there and see if they'll buy something. Uh, The theme is just everything. Uh, You know, some are nice. They're nice shops. They're quaint and cute and lovely. And you're you're like, this is really a sweet thing. Maybe someday when we retire, we'll we'll open up a shop like this in a small town. Other places are like maybe some sort of sea witch cursed someone and this this is the punishment they're they're forced to be in this shop. I don't know how anybody makes their money. You go into shop after shop after shop. No one seems to be buying any money. Some of that inventory is from like the 1960s, but but I digress. It's part of the, you know, the seaside experience. Uh, there's, of course, saltwater taffy. I don't know why they need to advertise that there's salt in the making of the taffy, but that's what you do. There's also fresh fudge. I guess there was a season where there was a lot of non-fresh fudge, but now it's fresh. And so uh, you can do that. You can get lots of candy. I was good. I'm still trying to lose some weight here, so I I didn't eat any carbs until we left Seaside, went up to Long Beach. If you're in the local area, if you're not, this, this is not going to make any sense to you, but there's this incredible bakery in Long Beach, Washington, and I went to the bakery because you have to. You just can't go through there without that, so I was good all week and then uh, enjoyed myself at the bake bakery and had more sugar that day than I had all week. Went into some sort of shock. I don't really remember the day. I think I had to be carried home. But I'm back from vacation. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, why did Jesus need to die for our sins? That bakery might be one of the reasons. Uh, But before I do that, 
I'm going to digress just a little bit here. By the way, if you ever want to text the show, 360-818-4513 is the way you can text, give comments about the show. Hopefully you're not too mean. Don't be a meanie. I don't need meanies in my life. I don't, I don't, I don't need some stranger just to say, hey, I'd just like to say something mean to make you feel bad. Is it all right for me to say that? I don't know how we got that way as a culture where we think, hey, it's just good like for strangers just to treat each other poorly. I think at some level we should be nice to each other. But if you if you said, hey, Doug, there's something you said during the show that I liked and you know ministered to me and I'd like to let you know, that'd be great. So here's the number, 360-818-4513. Now the meanie's upset. He's like, hey, I want to be able to be mean to you and you're not letting me. Yeah, that's right. I don't want you to text me and be mean. So don't, okay? So here, here's the number, 360-818-4513, 360 4513. Right now he's saying, it's my constitutional right to be mean to you. You put out that number. You can't control me. These are the radio airwaves. Anybody can text that number. If I want to be mean, I can. Nope, you can't. Do not text me anything mean. This is only for nice people. 360-818-4513. Okay, 360-818-4513. But before I get on to why Christ died for us and why there's a need for a cross... Uh, And you might say, oh boy, you know, I had the Easter sermon, Doug, I don't need this, but I want to go after an area where people have been attacking the meaning of the cross, and I want to root the meaning of the cross in something central, that we need the cross in order to go to heaven, that we need the cross for our sins, that the cross isn't just some symbolic thing about Jesus loving us, or it isn't just that, wow, you know, Jesus, a lot of bad people did bad things to Jesus, and he identifies with us because we're good people. That's not what the cross is about, so we're going to get into that. But before we do that, I have to talk about Avengers Endgame. Don't worry, no spoiler alerts. The only spoiler alert I'll give you is that uh, boiled eggs are only good for seven days. No longer than that, so throw them out. Uh, you also have to refrigerate them. So, uh, But here's the deal. Uh, today, I'm going to go see Avengers Endgame because I have to, because my boys want to see it, so I'm going to go with them because I'm a good dad. But honestly, I so hope that the title... End game is true. I just hope it's the end of the game. I just hope that they're all wiped out. Sorry, as far as I'm concerned, I hope that that guy who snaps his fingers just keeps snapping and everyone's just wiped out because uh, I'm, I'm just through. I know this is offending some of you, and now the people who want to be mean want to text some mean stuff to me, but you can't because I already prohibited it. So again, no texting mean stuff to 360-818-4513, but I just, I, I just can't take it. There are too many superhero films. I, I, I enjoy the occasional superhero film. I grew up in the Christopher Reeves Superman era. I'm not saying those are even good films, but, you know, a few, a couple, a couple a year maybe. But just an endless array of superhero films. A continual glut of superhero films. There's too many. The fact that there's Superheroes I didn't know that existed. Like when, when, you know, when I was a kid, there were five superheroes, maybe six, right? And there's just, they're just turning up everywhere. I don't, I know people say, well, th- this is based on the comic. And I'm like, yeah, is it really though? Are you just making that up? Because I think you're making it up. Because there's just way, way too many superhero films. Just, there's way too many. There's too many plots about some sort of portal opening up. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the portal plots. No more portals. 
I, there's so many movies that the last half hour they're just there's all the you know thousands of people fighting people or people fighting aliens or monsters or sea creatures or people riding dolphins underwater. You, I saw that Aquaman thing recently. I I just that's enough. I just I don't care about the portals. I don't care about you know the entire universe dying in these. I don't care. For me, I would have more emotional connection to two people just working out their relational problems over an egg salad sandwich. No, I take that back. It could be a turkey sandwich. I just, just sitting there, just talking. Maybe the tension is, you know, they got into a fight and they're working it out. I, for me, <laughs> I've just, I've just had enough. I cannot, I cannot connect to the superhero genre anymore. I just can't. I'm trying. I'm not trying to be old man Jenkins. I'm not, I'm not, but I just, there's just too many, too many superhero films. I just, I'll, I'll watch it and I'll just, I feel like I need to have some sort of video game controller in my hands sometimes. And I, and I, I can't connect to it. I don't, I don't care. I, I, I'll just, and it's amazing. You'll see stuff and you'll go, this is truly amazing. And I just don't care at all. So anyway, that's, that's my say for the superhero films. But speaking of portals on Easter, so we had our service, and we just do a normal service. I don't know. We're just normal church, right? And my sister, Christine, is our worship leader, and she gets up there, and she's leading worship. And talk about opening a portal to the heavens. She just begins to worship, and we just worship loud. I'm sorry if you guys don't like that, but that's what we do. I'm not judging other styles, but <clears throat> this is what we do. So she just gets up there and with our worship team, and begins to just sing. And on Easter, there's sometimes people just folding their arms and they're kind of grumpy because they're dragged to come to church. You know, they don't want to be there, but grandma brought them or they just don't want to be there. And she just begins to worship and sing out loud and sing to God. And we believe God's in the room. We believe God is present. We believe God is resurrected. And by the way, God isn't just resurrected on Easter, right? So it's just going to be another Sunday where we are singing to our Savior and we're singing together, and he's worth singing to, because in the Old Testament they sang, in the New Testament they sang, and we're going to sing in heaven. And so singing loud and singing in unison is a biblical right thing to do. And so she just starts singing. And to me, it's like someone opening a portal to the heavens. It's that Jacob Ladder experience, you know, where just the, the heavens come down. There's just this staircase from heaven, because that's what Jacob's Ladder really is. It's like a staircase, right, where... The angels just descend, they walk down from heaven, heavenly resources come down, and, and our problems, we just bring them up, and there's just this, this opening to the heavens that occurs as we worship the Lord. Now, that's the, the kind of portal I can get behind. We're worried about these portals where superheroes and evil villains come through and people are transferred into other you know worlds, and here's a way where we can be connected to another realm Worship the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. Okay, we're going to get into the cross next, but first let's take a quick break. More to come. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Having fun today. Hope you are. If you'd like to text the show, and today we're only allowing good good thoughts, no meanies. Meanies are prohibited 
from using this number. Here's the number, 360-818-4513. You can also call and leave a lovely message, maybe a lovely haiku or poem, I don't know. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. You can also go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, to support this show financially. And I'd love it if someone would pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church, from a Reluctant Pastor. It's for those of you who don't like to be in community, but need to be in community. That's the community of God. Pick it up today. All right. So I just got back from vacation. Notice my throat's a little sore. It must be all that sea air or is that saltwater taffy or I don't know what it is. So anyway, uh, we're going to just get into this. Um, So it was Easter last week. uh, And again, the only spoiler alert I'm giving today is... uh, Throw away those eggs, those boiled eggs after seven days. And, and I, I know if you're like, well, we didn't do that as kids. You know, we, 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 for two weeks it was okay. Just because your family had no concept of germ theory does not change science, okay? And, may, and maybe you have built up an immunity to things that make other people sick. But don't torture your kids, okay? So just, just follow science, follow the path of science. It, 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 it'll do you well in life. Okay. So I'm going to read a scripture here. Um, there has been this trend among... I, I'm not a big polarizing person in the sense of between progressive theologians and conservative theologians, and even that that dialogue, I think, is a little you know polarizing. But I've noticed this trend. So there are people who were raised in a theology that made God very angry. You have this angry, wrathful God who's just mad at everyone. And it's this idea that humans are these worthless useless human beings, you know, we're just, we're, God just basically hates us. It's almost this theology that God hates us. There's nothing in us that God remotely cares about or loves or likes. There's nothing good in us that God likes or loves. And basically, we just got into heaven because Jesus died for us. And if Jesus hadn't died for us, in the sense of God wouldn't even like us, you know, it's, it's, it's this concept. It's, it's, we're, we're walking you know, into heaven and God's just looking at us and going, well, I guess I got to let you in because my son died for you. But if I had my choice, you know, you wouldn't be here. It's that kind of view of God. This, this view of God of this just angry, wrathful, unhappy, distant father who led us into heaven or, you know, he wanted to send us to hell, but well. Oh, I can't send you to hell because my my son died for you. And so I beat up my son on the cross because I wanted to beat you up, but I couldn't beat you up, so I beat up my son. It's that kind of view of Christianity. And some of you might say, well, that's too harsh. But some people were really raised in these environments where they saw God as this abusive heavenly father. And so being raised in those environments, they really have reacted against are moved against any concept of the cross where Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins, where that the cross is where Christ takes our place, where the cross is a place where we deserve death, but instead of us dying, Christ died for us. They, they just don't like that image. And so there's this theology out there where that's not what the cross is about. The cross is about this, that angry, evil men in power. Sometimes they'll, they'll say it this way. The cross is where Jesus just identified with the weak and the suffering. And, and by the way, Jesus did identify with the weak and the suffering. That is an aspect of the cross. 
but he also went to the cross because of your sins and my sins. But the cross will be presented almost solely in terms of it was just people in power, people in positions of authority, abusive people. They came in and they harmed Jesus and and you know the, these structures, systems, people in positions of authority, and Jesus identifies with us. And what however they present it, they present it in this way that the cross is not about Jesus taking our place or that there was a need for a punishment of our sins. However, that's just not biblical. When you, when you look at Scripture, the Scripture has all kinds of theology on Jesus being the propitiation for our sins, the satisfying our sins, bringing justice to our sins, that our sins needed justice, and in order for our sins to have justice, Jesus had to die on the cross. And, and here's just one beautiful example of that. Romans 3, 21 Paul says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets, and law and the prophets just means the Old Testament, bears witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So it's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation. So Jesus was put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, excuse me, in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, some people just skip over that last part, but let me read that again. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Those two elements are what happen at the cross or are essential at the cross when it comes to our sins, that he would be just and justifier. Just is that our sins need justice, that they need judged. And justifier is that we need to be brought right or into right relationship with God, to be brought close to God and close to one another. The problem is if you bring true justice to our sins, we can't be justified to God. We can't be brought close to God and close to one another because we're dead. This is the mystery of the cross. This is why Paul says in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the answer for him. Paul had always wondered what the answer is. Paul knew that God is a righteous God and God is a just God and that every sin deserves judgment. He understood that a righteous God deserves righteousness from his creation and that all of us deserved or that all our sins deserved justice. And he knew that there was going to come a day when our sins would be brought under God's justice. But he also knew that God promised that there would come a day also where we would abide with him in love, that we would be justified and, and be brought close to him, and he would abide with us through his spirit. So there was this, this tension that at one level, all sin would be judged. At another level, we'd be brought into relationship with him, and also not just us in the context of Paul. It was not just Jew, but also Gentile, that all would be brought together and reconciled to God. So how could sins be brought into justice, but sinners be justified? And so Paul says, I'm not ashamed because I've found the power. The gospel is the power to do both. 
the power to bring justice to our sins and to justify us, to bring us close to God. Now, this is what I want to get at is people say, well, this is an angry God, you know, who needs to bring justice to our sins. That's not an angry God. That's a loving God because I want my sins to be brought into justice. I don't want my sins to be overlooked. I, and this is the part where we have such a low view of our own selves sometimes. You know, every sin that I've done uh, without God's justice, it stands there. It stays there. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't go away with time. And it doesn't matter if you say, oh, it's no big deal, Doug. Or that was in the past. No, it's still not the best. You know, I made vows to my wife. Now, I've, I've never been unfaithful to my wife. I've never hit my wife. But I have not treated my wife the way I vowed to treat my wife. I've yelled at her. I've ridiculed her. I've scorned her. I've treated her in ways that I should never have treated her. And I don't want that just to be overlooked. I don't want someone to say, oh, that's not a big deal, because it's a big deal. It matters to me. And everyone listening could say, oh, Doug, you know, it's not a big deal. You're still a good husband. You know, we think you're better than most. No, that's not good enough. I wanted someone to take my sin seriously. And you know who took my sin seriously? Jesus did. Jesus, because he loved me, said, Doug, I know that you want to be made right. I know you feel terrible about the sins that you did against your wife, that you want to be perfect, that you don't want those sins just overlooked. You want those sins judged. But you know if those sins are judged, you really do deserve death. You really deserve... Uh, you did not live the way you were supposed to live. This life was supposed to be perfect. That marriage was supposed to be perfect. And if you receive death, then you can no longer have a relationship with your wife and no longer a relationship with me. So Jesus said, I will bring justice to those sins. I will take your place. I will die for you. And I will truly take every punishment that those sins deserved, make you righteous, but bring you closer to me and closer to your wife. That's loving. The cross is love. It's the same with my children. I love my children. When, my, when every one of my four kids was born, I was like, I'm going to be the best father in the world. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to always protect them, always care for them. Never do one thing wrong, right? Now, I don't hit my kids. I don't abuse my kids. But I've not treated them perfectly, no. There's been times when I've yelled at them. I've, I've treated them in ways that are not right. They're sinful, and you have too. And if you don't admit to that, then you need to get on your knees and repent. The worst kind of parenting is the kind of parenting where you don't apologize. You want to mess up your kids? Don't apologize. Apologize. Admit to your wrongs. Some of you need to, right after the show's over, call up your adult kids and apologize and say, I'm sorry I never apologized. I was wrong. I did it wrong, and I need the blood of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. But I'm so thankful that Jesus took seriously, takes seriously the fact that I haven't been the perfect parent. And I didn't want those sins overlooked. That I needed true justice for my sins. I needed someone to take my sins seriously. And Jesus took them seriously. And on the cross, he said, I am going to take the punishment for where you failed as a father, where you failed as a husband, where you failed as a son, where you failed as a pastor where you failed as a friend, where you failed in whatever way 
where you have fallen short of the glory of God, where you have not lived up to what you have been called to live up to, I will be your righteousness, Doug. I will be what you need me to be. The cross must be the place where Jesus Christ is our justice, both justice and justifier. And this is just one scripture. It's it's all over. You read through Romans. There's no way to read the scripture and not to see that Jesus Christ, as far as if you just read the scripture, is the propitiation for our sins. The, The temple itself was built as a place for us to understand that our sins were deserving of judgment, but God had extended grace for a period of time, but that justice was coming. David had done a great census, and then uh, the angel of death had his, the sword over the city, and then he pulled back the sword so that death wouldn't reach the rest of the people in the city, and the temple was built. And there they put sacrifices, and those sacrifices were basically a reminder that everyone was living under grace, but they deserved justice for their sins, and so they waited for Messiah to come. Messiah came, and Messiah brought justice to every sin, and in doing so, allowed for us to be justified to God and reconciled one to another. That is good news, my friends, from a loving God. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you'd like to text me some good thoughts, here's the number, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513, and please support this show so we can stay on the air. We need your support. Every week, we need someone to give something. FairlySpiritual.org, that's FairlySpiritual.org, to donate today. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I will see you next week. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.